Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about our lives, the great times, the messy times, but let's be honest, we learn from those messy times. Content may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit, and today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. I've really been struggling with the cold. Yeah, really, first the light and now the cold. Really been struggling with the cold. We've been in like the super Arctic whatever. And, yep. You know, it's barely in the double digits every day. And I spent my last therapy session, the whole thing, just trying to come to grips with it because it's it. It just sucks. Yeah, it, sucks. it makes everything worse. It really does. And, you know, I keep asking myself, like, why do I live in this environment? Why do I live in this environment? You know, why am I continuing to right. choose this every winter? <laughs> like, And, you know, it really just comes down to having the kids stay in one spot. You know, I think growing up, I moved so much that it's almost like I want to rebel that. You know what I mean? I don't yep. want to move. I think I want to make sure that the kids grow up in one spot, you know? Yep. I think it's fascinating that my oldest is, like, I don't know, has known people since pre-K. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, has grown up with people. And I never really got that experience, you know what I mean? Like, I had... um I moved elementary schools, like, three times. I moved middle schools at least twice, you know, and I moved high school at least three times. So it's it's almost it was almost like being what they call an army brat for you. Yeah. You yeah, know? in a way. In a way, sure. I mean I I I wish my parents were part of the military. My life would have been very different. Right. <laughs> they don't put up with that shit. Right. Um but yeah, no, no, I think it really is just that. And I think you know, we live in an environment where you can be a kid still, you know, and you can do kid things and not have to, you know, be introduced to methamphetamines in fifth grade, you know, right. or whatever. I mean, I remember the worst experience in middle school, um, you know, this kid got beat so hard that, he, I mean, there was blood everywhere, just everywhere. You know, and people bringing knives or guns or whatever to school. And, you know, here that doesn't really happen. Right. You right. know, it's just not a part of of this environment. You know, I mean, there's obviously there's school shootings everywhere. Right. You know, but. And there are drugs everywhere. I mean, you can find them truthfully. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. And there's, we have so many opiate <clears throat> issues. But 
you know, that usually isn't starting until high school, you know, versus, I mean, I remember I, the first time I saw crack cocaine, I was in third grade. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a totally different way to grow up. Yeah. You know, in a totally different place, it feels like. And I just keep coming to this place where, like, I everything in me doesn't want to be here, but I feel like I have to be here. Right. You know what I mean? And that, for me, has created this trigger of helplessness. You know, it's this, it's this, this feeling of being uncomfortable and not being able to fix it or change it or do anything about it, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, as soon as the kids graduate, you know, we've got a plan. We're going. <laughs> yeah. But until then, we're here, you know, and that's another, let's see, seven years yep. before my kids are out of high school, you know, and if they want to move with us, <clears throat> they can move with us. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? But right. I'm I'm definitely not going to be in the Northern Hemisphere for winters much longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I I find that this interesting because we've talked about it in the past yeah. like, years ago. And I remember at one point in time you went through this space again where you were like, this was before the kids were born. You know, winters are horrible and they are. They're, yeah. you yeah. know, I'm not a big particular fan of the winter, but I kind of try to just ignore them. You yeah. know, I've just, you know. But I remember talking about going to different places in the United States or different places, you yeah. know, in, and every single one of them, there was like, it, for you, it was like, uh, well, there are earthquakes here. Right. Um, th th this murder is, hornets here. Murder hornets here, tornado valley, poisonous snakes, snakes were a big one. It wasn't one. murder hornets. It, it was, was killer, killer hornets. Bees. Killer, killer bees, bees. Yeah. 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 You know, and black widows and like, like you had these, you had yeah. like these, these snakes, no things. scorpions. Yep. So, like, I'm, I'm wondering what has – I mean, now I know that you have your Jake the Snake best friend. Yeah. So, well, you, you know. know. I think I, <laughs> I, I think I just don't think about those things. Okay. You know so, what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's very easy to sit and fantasize about warmer environments and not include all of the details in that. Fantasy. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. Definitely. It's just kind of fantasizing about it. And, you know, I I hope – to be fairly mobile at that point in my life, yeah, you know, so that I can go someplace for a few months and then go someplace for another few months and then go someplace for another few months. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's that's the goal. We want to be, you know, they what do they call them? Van livers or Van, whatever. Yep. Like, we want to be, you know, in a mobile environment, like an RV or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you know, Jessica can work from home. Right. So as long as it has internet of some sort, we're good to go there. And yeah. we definitely don't need any more than her income when it's just two of us. You know, she makes way more than the both of us could probably spend. Yeah. When I was uh, when I was working uh, in one of the little coffee shops that I, I was managing at the time, um, there was this older couple uh, and she was the sweetest most wonderful like little old british woman yeah and yeah. and he was like this big old truck driver <laughs> and it was funny because he like this is what he did for a living he like he did all the construction equipment and so on and so forth, and he just drove just a regular car yeah she on the other hand had this huge like i don't know three quarter ton three ton whatever the big truck the biggest the biggest you know domestic yeah. truck you can get yeah yeah and the reason why she had it is because she was the one 
that would would run the trailer. And so they would come up here for the because they they had kids up here, yeah, and grandkids. So they'd come up here for like the winter and the fall, and then they would head down to Florida or Arizona or whatever. And they made a different travel destination every every yeah. year, and they would leave sometime around November. Once it was January, because they wanted to stay for Christmas, yeah. um, but generally always the coldest months out of the year, and then they come back. Yeah, um, and I can I can see you know like oh yeah definitely you know she was like seventy two years old still working and you know like because she was yeah. bored and and driving this huge ass motherfucking truck. Yeah, know? yeah, no, I I can definitely <laughs> see that. I can definitely see that. I've thought about like getting my CDL uh-huh. and driving a like a big truck, you know. Yeah, and. Because those have some pretty nice like campers in the back. Like, yeah, you can you, you can know. get. My sister just got her permit for I her saw CDL. That. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, and I you know I think I'll I would need one no matter what. Yeah. To drive like the bigger campers, you need something like that, some sort of beyond class C license. Yeah, I'm not sure what that, yeah. that would be. I mean, it would make sense because they are yeah. as big as no, like a yeah. tractor trailer truck a lot of times. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um. It always, like a bus. Yeah, yeah. It, it it always got me with like you know the Winnebagos and those Winnebagos are huge and you, oh yeah. You know you just need classy. You know no big deal like your regular class license to be able to drive. Yeah, those. no, no. You need a higher class license to drive the big ones. You yeah, know, the ones that look like buses. Yeah. Um. So I would need it anyway, but you know I I always worry about like drug testing and stuff like that. Right. I love my pot. You right. You know what I mean? That's it's. The number one way for me to medicate myself. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Like I don't know if they still do a lot of drug testing if you're not like driving commercially. I don't know how that works. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I don't. I'm I'm talking about like if I was uh if I did like a tractor trailer. Oh, like so, like, like if that, you actually yeah. what yeah, yeah, became yeah. a truck driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, uh, essentially, we want to ultimately sell our house and use whatever money that we get from that to purchase whatever we're getting. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we're probably going to be looking at something at least probably in the $100,000 range. Yeah. You know, when it comes to that time. So who knows what that will get you in 10 years. In 10 years. That could get you a tank of gas. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, if we bought, like, a big tractor-trailer truck and lived in the back, then I could make money driving around. And, yeah. You know, she could work. Or I kind of just want a big, like you said, a Winnebago, though. You know, yeah. like something where I can pull over and take a nap. or <laughs> Convert a yeah. c- convert a double-decker bus. You can do those, you know. Yeah. Yep, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, there's all absolutely. Kinds of stuff, so. Well, so good news for you. Good news for you. It will end at some point. It will end at some point. <laughs> um, in in approximately a month to forty five days. Yeah. You know, the sun will be setting around seven o'clock as opposed to like four yeah. o'clock <laughs> or yeah, right. what feels like three o'clock half the time, you know? And well, we... and that's the thing. I mean, <sighs> we've had so much gray. Yeah. You know, we've had so many days where it's just cloudy and gray. Yeah. That yeah. I, I need some sun, I need some dirt. You know, yeah, I'm just for it right now. Yesterday was really bright, which was really great. Yeah. Except for I couldn't find my sunglasses and it was a little too bright for me. <laughs> well, with all the snow on the ground now, yeah. it's, you gotta have sunglasses. Yeah. But it was it was wonderful to have that like that brightness, that light. That, that yeah. light. yeah. So cool. I hear you. But with the light 
comes the heat, so we're we're not that far away. Fingers crossed. Right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Hell hasn't frozen over yet, I don't think. Right. It did kill the groundhog, though. Did it? Re- oh, did, did it kill it? 2020 killed the groundhog. Oh. You didn't my. see that? No, well, I saw these yeah. memes, but and I didn't the realize it was dead. It. Poxitani Phil or whatever they, his name they is. They couldn't get one in time to replace it, so there was no groundhog today. No groundhog on Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Oh my God! No, yeah, I did no. not realize that that 2020 was twenty twenty killed twenty twenty one killed the groundhog. I thought that was all just jokes. No, I didn't realize that that, that was an actual thing. Oh my God! Real. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're in winter forever now. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> right? Oh God! We're in COVID winter. So I hear Fiji is wonderful this time of year. <laughs> you know, I've I've even gotten to a point where I thought, you know, there's a there's a woman I work with that can get plane tickets to Florida for like I don't know, she gets them sometimes for like fifty, sixty bucks. Let's fucking go. Well that's the thing, is I've seriously been considering asking her to get me some tickets and just like literally spending a weekend yeah. down in a warm environment. Yeah. I will tell you, like, so years ago, I I uh, went to Florida for a week. Yeah. Uh, uh, over my over uh, the end of the year, so for my my birthday, you know, so like yeah. December thirty first, whatever. And it was the coolest thing to be running around in shorts and a t shirt on the beach on my birthday. Yeah, I bet. And it made just that one week made the winter so much more bearable i didn't yeah. come back and go oh god i mean i did to a certain extent yeah, but like yeah. i came back and i was like but i felt the You're sun re-energized yeah, yeah. I, I i remember that the sun actually exists you know right. i remember that Heat, there's warmth, warmth in the world yeah. you know yeah. um so you know it might be worth it just to go down for like a weekend or you know yeah i i think so I think I would enjoy it. I'm not sure that I would get that out of it because yeah. a lot of my issues with it are trauma responses. Like oh. one of the easiest ways to abuse someone mm-hmm. without leaving a mark is with temperature. Yep. Right. So like that was part of the abuse, you know, is being stuck in cold environments, being stuck in warm environments, you know having to spend an hour in the shower with only cold water going, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it reminds any extreme temperatures, hot or cold, just it tenses my body psychologically as well as physically. Yeah. It makes it, it makes it difficult both ways. Yep. That makes sense. Kind of fucks with my brain too, which, you know, sucks because there's already enough stuff going on with lack of light and all that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's that initial, like, can't get out of it feeling. Yeah. yeah, 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 but that's what we worked on. We did a little bit of work on it. Yeah. I feel a little bit better about it. You know, I got some insight, which is always good. Yeah. That's always a positive thing. My therapist, I think I've mentioned this before, does energy work, basically, a lot of times when she's working with mm-hmm. Um, And then a lot of that, you know, really helps just bring up that, that deeper stuff that I really need to look at sometimes yep. that I don't necessarily connect, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad you're doing work on, but, and, and, and it sucks, but there is heat around the corner, even right. though the, even though the groundhog is dead, there was a groundhog somewhere that woke up and didn't see a shadow. Okay. So like, you know. I've even gotten worse about my heat in my house. 
Like, like I really used turning to be it up. one of these people that would like keep it at sixty nine flat, mm-hmm. never above that. You know what I mean? Like sixty two at night, <laughs> like you know, never above above that. And now, like I think I have it at like seventy at night, probably seventy two to seventy four during the day. <laughs> like I, I cannot do cold anymore in my house. I I have never that that was one of those things. It was never meant to be. Um, abusive but growing up specifically in my room at the upstairs of the house was always really cold in the winter yeah. because you know for financial reasons you know we, yeah we, we, yeah we that's poor. why i used to keep it that low i mean why right. else would you <laughs> but i um and there was a point in time like when i first moved out that like in in the winter it was like 80 in my apartment and that no longer is the case but yeah. i i, I Turning down to 62 no absolutely fucking not yeah yeah that has never been a thing because it was traumatic for me, you know, it yeah. was traumatic to go up to my room and, and try to get into, into bed and then be Crazy. so cold that I would be shivering for an hour, you know, or half an hour, probably truthfully, Yeah. Um. you know, trying to warm up and you don't want to move, you know, so that experience was never good. So like, I've always had it like 70 degrees yeah. is my minimum, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, it's um, becoming mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and be, and because of that, because of that traumatic response, yeah. you know. So. Yeah, and and I think what one of the things that I think brought up a lot of it was we had had four days where we couldn't get oil delivered Shit. because they didn't have enough people to bring yep. it. Like even if I paid the emergency fee, so um, we had to have the heat down in the house in order uh, to make it through those four days. Yeah. And then we got a almost nine hundred dollar bill for a full tank of oil. Right? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the craziness of, of oil. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, that's yeah. the joys of life. It's been kind of shitty, but heat is around the corner. It really is. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It's coming soon. That's what I have to keep telling myself too. <laughs> So I finished reading this book, and uh, I thought we'd talk about it today. The book is called Silently Seduced by Kenneth Adams. Yeah. I know that you've you've read it. Yeah, I think we mentioned it, um, that we were going to do this. Yeah. Gosh. A while ago. Over a year ago. Right. Over a year ago, yeah. Well, and it has taken me, so I've read the book, (laughs) this is is the third time um, that I've started to read the book, but I, I... Started reading the book. I got about three quarters of the way through and it brought up so much stuff that I couldn't continue to process. Yeah. So I quit. Yeah, it was overwhelming. It was very overwhelming. Um, And then uh, probably about a year later, I started reading it again. Didn't even get as far as I'd gotten the first time. Okay. Um, And then this last time, it with all the work that I've been doing around my mother and and working with that, um, I tried it again and, and was able to get through it, which was, which was really good. good. Um, good. so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great example of waiting until you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and, and that, because the way that I read books, I, I, I got frustrated with myself the first time. Yeah. You know, you couldn't plow through it. I couldn't plow through it. Um, but yeah, it is, it is definitely an interesting part of the journey to start books or to start, um, like sometimes YouTube channels will have like series or so on and so forth, yeah. and then just not being able to finish because it's it's too overwhelming, too close or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So the the premise of the book talks about um, 
covert incest. Yeah. And what covert incest is, as explained by the book, is a parent who basically parentifies, you know, uh, a child, usually one of the opposite sex. So they use them as a surrogate uh, partner yeah. because they are dissatisfied within their relationship yeah. um, or the other, you know, the husband or the wife is the mom or the dad is gone, you know. Uh, <clears throat> right. You fill a role that an adult should fill. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it leads to uh, um, sexually charged interactions and a lot of hurt, obviously, for the child. Um, most of the time it's not done, you know, with intent, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of shame there, probably. A lot of shame. A lot of shame. Yeah. So the, the book uh, – was really has really been great good for me because they most of the book is broken down into uh very specific types of relationships yeah. between a child and a parent yeah. uh and then they give you two or three stories uh of those relationships which is which is really really amazing and uh when i first read it uh or when i first finished it i was hoping to 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 do this piece and i couldn't because again Everything was so very fresh. It brought yeah. up a lot of um, a lot of emotions, a lot of hurt, a lot of anger. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we've talked about um, how I feel about being a child. So one of the things that at the very end it talks about is um, is how to go through and process, specifically if you're. <clears throat> Well, how to go through and process your experiences and how to start to break away. Yeah. So, um, to give an example, my mother, and, and I didn't realize this, like reading the book has brought up a lot of uh, memories that I didn't really think about. Yeah. yeah. Um, my mother, I slept in my mother's bed until I was probably 11 or 12. Yeah. And it wasn't constant. But it was often enough that because my parents were separated, yeah, um, it was often enough that it was problematic, uh, and it really created some very icky feelings. Okay, um, and the base of a lot of what Kenneth talks about is that the reason why parents do this is because they are getting their needs met, yeah, but they do so in a way that makes the child feel like they're getting their needs met. So there's this enmeshment that happens. Right. Right. Yeah. So that happened a lot with my mother. We know this through things I've talked about, you know, like my mother was compared herself to me. I was her little special little boy. Yeah. Um and any of those those things where a child is uh separated out and made to feel special tends to be a, a red flag right what? and i mean kids like to be treated like adults absolutely because that's the thing i mean you know there are are there's a wide spectrum of this right mm -hmm. there's you know the the parent that is bathing their naked 14 year old right which know? kind of happened there is the parent that is telling their 
you know, telling their, their young son that, you know, you're the man of the house now, you know, dad's, dad's dead or dad's, I had a, a cousin in this situation where his father died and his mother literally made him like the man of the family. Yeah. Like, and that was, even as a kid seeing that, it was so obvious that it was wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just, and he just really took it on so seriously. You know, it wasn't like, a, you know, oh, you're my little man kind of a thing. It was more like, you know, well, you're the man. So if somebody needs to go out at night to get the dog, it's going to be you. If somebody needs to, you know, haul stuff over, it's going to be you. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, really putting that responsibility on them you know and then there's just there's there's the emotional piece of you know you're my protector or you know you are you know my little cuddle buddy yep or yep. or you're um, the person that that i talk to and you know we I, yeah i, I can you know, confide in i you. can confide in you yep. that's a big yeah. one yeah and for kids those things feel great in the moment yep. because you're getting acknowledged you're needed you're you're being validated for you know the individual you are that's what it feels like yeah what it actually is is the other person using those things to manipulate you yeah into doing something that you really shouldn't be doing yep um yeah one of the things that that really i found very very helpful uh is when they when they go through the different chapters and they talk about the different types of of the covert incest and the different types of relationship uh is they illustrate who like like us as adults you yeah. know like as an adult this person was experiencing this 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 and this and so that allowed me to have like some red flags and to kind of see certain pieces that i had not seen before one right, of the, the behaviors associated right. with being a victim of of this yeah and growing up and we don't necessarily know you know like you don't you don't think about it necessarily because we don't have you know unless we have uh another uh, another parent child you know to to look at you know right, like another yeah. friend or something that we're really you close need to a point of reference yeah and we don't have that um so oftentimes when a kid has a frame of reference or a point of reference so like this family does this but my family doesn't do this mm -hmm. oftentimes specifically with these things covert incest the covert part plays a huge role so these things are not done in public settings where you would even see them happening in another household. Right. You know, they're happening behind doors. They're happening at bedtimes. They're happening, you know, at, at cleaning times. They're happening, you know, in those more intimate moments, which is the the whole idea. You know, covert incest is not necessarily, you know, penis and vagina. That's like, that right. is incest, Right. Covert incest is when you feel like you're being sexualized. So, for instance, you know, if you were to be that 14-year-old who's getting bathed and you have an erection and your mom's the one doing it, like, there's a lot of mixed boundaries there, but there isn't, you know, mom's not, you know, jerking you off. Right. She's cleaning your back or, you know, whatever. Yep. 
So that's that's the difference between incest and covert incest. Um, covert incest is much more intimate in a lot of ways and much and and much easier to hide because yeah. it is either in those intimate times where you really wouldn't be seeing that role modeled or you're potentially so enmeshed you wouldn't see somebody else's situation as normal you yeah. would think that they were doing something different yeah one of the things that i was very surprised at and um <clears throat> I talked to her before this, but my sister and I had a conversation because I, I was talking to her about this book. Yeah. And one of the things that, uh, because of the conversations we'd had that, that came up was she was in a very similar position with my father. Yeah. You know, so she was the little miss and my grandmother who used to spend time at the house yeah. would encourage that. Yeah. You know, you're you know, you hear the you're the man of the house, you're the lady of the house. You have to take care of everybody. You have to take care of everybody. Well, right. And you're again, just for those of I mean, we know this, but just to reiterate, you know, your dad was in his sixties. Right. So his parents were probably in their prime around the thirties and forties. Yep. So yeah, the woman of the house, if even if it's not mom. Yeah. And that that's the thing with this is that a lot of this is not just reinforced but almost like it's it's expected like culturally. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's one of the most fucked up things about it is like yeah, in in 1940 if the little girl was the only one left and mom died and dad and three brothers were there. She was mom now. Yep. She was the one. And they would like, call her little mother a lot no of times. No matter how you know, old. Absolutely. She was mom now. Yep. Like, And that is just so fucked up. But I don't think we knew that. You know, like I have always been, and I know this this may cause drama, but I have always been incredibly creeped out about father-daughter dances incredibly creeped out about that. I can I can see that. Anything about it makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. I have no idea whether that's okay or not. Yeah. As who I am today, right? I still don't know. Yeah. I would never do that with my daughter because to me it feels like a date. Yeah. And I would never date my daughter. Right. Right? I would never want to be in a situation where my daughter felt like her and I were on a date. Right. Do you know what I mean? That that's a that's anyway, I I again, I don't know if that's my fucked upness or not. I know a lot of people do it. I know a lot of, there's a lot of innocence to it. I just am not in a place where I'm healed enough to either see it that way. Or to validate that it is really creepy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know that I'm not in a place where I can call that one out. Yep. But, again, in society, these things are are normal. Well, you know what's... You know, what's Daddy-daughter date. You yeah. Know, we're going to go out and see a movie. I would never do that. I would be like, hey, you want to go to the movies? Right. And we'd go to the movies. Right. We yeah, it, it wouldn't be a, a date. date. Yeah. 
you know Sorry, I, i'm getting wound up no that's this, fine this one is it's all it's just you can hear it triggers me right like because i don't know if that's i i don't know if that's okay right and you know what's 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 funny about that is is I've I've seen both pieces of that where you know like I I also am not sure yeah um like my niece and I go out and do things would we ever call it a date no no you know You're that's just hanging out right like, we're just hanging out right um you know but then you you hear uh stories or or, or comments about um well this is you know it's your as a father it's your your uh role to teach her how to be treated right in that date type of thing but now look at it this way we don't have mom da- well mother son dates i i think i think i think you just kind of fucked it up a little bit though why because that whole thing so okay i i know the difference here so daddy dating daughter yeah is not cool but Dad should role model the type of man that would be acceptable. Yes, and I not the things to do on a date. Right, and and I agree with that. But I've heard it stated as in you know. Well, you and should... that's that. That's why I said. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's that creepy part. Yeah, is like I want to show my daughter what type of man is acceptable in her life mm-hmm. by the way that I treat my wife. Exactly. Not the way that i treat her right (laughs) right right because if i were her dad and she's my daughter and i'm treating her like i'm her dad and she's my daughter she's not going to want a husband that treats her like it's her dad i should hope i mean unless things get fucked up along the way for her somewhere you know like yeah i just it's 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 always creeped me out Mm -hmm. and i don't know whether it's this like covert incest right or whether it's just a normal natural societal bonding practice you know what i mean like yeah and and, and like i said it's it's a difficult difficult piece because we get two different sets of messages my thing is is it is that's that's still considered acceptable it is not you would not can find that acceptable for a mother son right ever and i think well i think there's a lot more of that happening now though is there yeah yeah there that's that's kind of shifted in the last probably 10 years see all of there are definitely mother daughter or mother son dances and oh my god i see all of that grosses me out uh, freaks me out and and like because right, it's mother son because it's mother son a father daughter you were like eh, maybe like <laughs> right well and, and and yeah i mean it was like yeah i can kind of see where it's possible right. but you know and that's why i think i i can't tell i maybe that's... because like i'm i'm where you are for both of them yeah with just the one you know what i mean like that's my reaction is like Ugh! yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah oh god yeah so you know and that 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 it just shows the complexity piece, it shows the complexity it also shows where we are culturally covert incest is something that you can be doing with clearly no intention or 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 thought about it right because it's just what you do you know what i mean yeah. like with these father daughter dances or or with the you know you're the you're the man of the house now or you know um 
if there's, you know, you're like, I, I don't know. I mean, it just, it seems like it's, it's one of the more gray areas out there, you know? Yeah. Because it really isn't as much about the behavior as it is about the feeling the person has from the behavior. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, again, back to what I think is the most obvious one, you know, the mother washing the 14 year old, like, yeah, that mother might be washing their back and washing their hair like you would on any person you're washing. Mm hmm. But for that kid, that situation could feel very sexual. Right. Also, for that mother, that could be manipulating a situation that feels very sexual. Yeah. So, it, you know, or the mother could wash the 14-year-old because both of his arms are broken and they just got to laugh about it and get over it. And then it's just an experience that happened when my arms broke. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't. I don't know if that really happens when your arms break or not, but <laughs> I'm just trying to think of something that would immobilize you to the point that you would have to have to have that, you know, depend yeah. on the other person. And it would be more of like a nurturing dependency need type thing yep. versus just, oh, you're dirty and you're 14. Let me scrub your back for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I... I that situation in and of itself, as clear as it looks could potentially be multiple other situations. Yeah. Yeah. And and that is something that that I took from the book that I I didn't realize. You know, we don't always know. And even looking back, everything can have like multiple meanings. You know, right. like you don't know. And and as a survivor, you don't necessarily know it until you look back at it. You know, a lot of the the, the people did not realize that daddy and uh, daddy's special time with daddy or special time with mommy was at, and I'm I'm doing air quotes, but you right. know, were was actually covert incest, you know, was Right. That calling it a date was more than just making it a special thing right, right. or yeah. letting them stay up and watch tv with them because that was a yeah. thing you know um and you see it a lot more according to the book you see it a lot more in, in women than you do i mean in, in women are more likely to be the perpetrators of covert incest right yeah right so yeah so w women yeah. tend to be the perpetrators and then when you see it in in little girls what ends up happening a lot of times or what it seems like in the book is that they'll have daddy and 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 you know the daughter and, and father will have special time special time special times and then there there becomes a point where it stops and it usually stops pretty suddenly yeah and it usually happens around adolescence when the girl starts to develop yeah which means that at some point in time the father realizes whoa shit this is not okay you know it, on you a conscious think, yeah conscious or on subconscious yeah. level one yeah. or the other yeah um what they suggest is is trying to find other male role models that would you know that to help yeah. you with that yeah and spending time with them one of the things that i have done is i have sat down um as part of some of the work that i've been doing around childhood is and and trying to really look at what was my father trying to teach me in the moments i mean i yelled at my father we butted heads constantly yeah. truthfully that's a guy thing anyway you know, to a certain extent. I yeah. mean, maybe not to the point where my father and I were, but but there was yeah. definitely a lot of that there. And and really trying to look at and and feel what my father was trying to teach me in some of those spaces. Yeah. Um, because I think that that was important. Uh, the other piece that that was the major takeaway from from the 
the things they also say you know you need to get angry with your parent the parent who is the yeah you need the to perpetrator um and then you know really kind of process through that you need to really get to a point where you can be angry so you can create that separation yeah um and then for guys specifically and and i haven't read this book yet but kenneth also has another book which i thought was i very interesting and that's probably the next one i'm going to try to read is when he's married to mom okay so that one is specifically for for men uh, for men and it is it is uh it is supposedly it's more of a workbook type piece okay so, so um, kind of do the work with it yeah yeah so okay. i'm gonna I'll, I'll let you guys know how that works cool um a lot of i found out a lot of things went a lot deeper than i thought they did you know right yeah yeah and, and it, it was a good way to find a baseline of this was not acceptable like so even some of the things that i thought were acceptable still yep. this was not acceptable like oh shit yeah that's not that's yeah. not good no no and not if it made you feel intimate or too close right right and ironically you know for me that there's a fear now because of that intimacy because of that relationship that i had oh yeah my mother you know like yeah huge amounts of fear yeah um, absolutely you know because inappropriate feelings that 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 happened when i was when i was in that teenage space you know yeah. um that were not my fault yeah. But, you know, at the same time still exist. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, it's hard not to feel dirty and cringy. Yeah. But you do have to at some point acknowledge that that's what happens when a little boy has an adult trying to ask them for more intimacy than they're willing or ready to provide. Yeah. I really had a hard time. There's still a lot of cringiness for me around this. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I actually blacked out at one point in time, like, you know, blanked out <laughs> yeah, and I completely yeah, yeah. lost my train of thought. Um, this is some heavy stuff. This is some really it heavy is. stuff. It is. But it is definitely worth, you know, at some point in time in your life going through. I think it's a lot about nuance and I think it's good information to at least have a baseline understanding of. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember, you can always reach out to us through our Facebook page at Stumbling Through Enlightenment. Follow us on Twitter at Stumbling, T-H-R-O-U-2. Go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally. That is Stumbling Through Enlightenment dot squarespace dot com you can also reach out to us directly at stumbling through enlightenment at gmail.com that's it for today have a great week <laughs>